Welcome to Exit Strategy. I'm Stephanie Gary, and I'm Executive Vice President of Communal Partnerships at Plaza Jewish Community Chapel in New York City. Death is the common denominator. No matter our skin color, our age, our religion, all of it. But across cultures, there are deep differences in traditions surrounding death and how it's marked and respected. From Tibetan sky burials to cremation on the pyres of Varanasi to Ghana's fantasy coffins. But also, there are threads of commonality. I'm so pleased to welcome Dean Foster to Exit Strategy. Dean is the founder of DFA Intercultural Global Solutions in New York, which provides cross-cultural training and support to individuals and organizations. He's written five books on related topics, has been a contributor to National Geographic Traveler magazine, and is host of his own podcast, Oops, Your Culture Showing. <laughs> Dean Foster, welcome to Exit Strategy. Thank you, Stephanie, and a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled that you're here. You have traveled to over 95 countries. You've sought out the unusual and unexpected, so I'm really curious about this. What are some of the most unique end-of-life and burial customs that you've witnessed? When I think about end-of-life experiences around the world, they are so varied. They are so different. They are as rich and complicated in differences as any other aspect of life. And so I think, as you say, the, the pyres of Varanasi, where, where Uncle Raj is taken to move on into the next part of, of his inevitable soul's journey, that's quite a remarkably different experience than the one that we have in the U.S., for example. I think of the Ghanaian fantasy coffins, which is a, a current experience in Ghana. You just don't see coffins like that in the U.S. How we view death how we celebrate it, and how we help the souls move on is vastly different culture by culture. Yes. Yeah, so death in America, it seems to be like the ultimate conversation. Oops. I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking about something we're not supposed to talk about, right? Exactly. It, yeah. People look at it as a taboo topic. So from your perspective, why do you think that we as Americans have such an issue with death? I think it's remarkably interesting because mm -hmm. we're one of the few cultures, perhaps the only one that I can think of, where it is a taboo subject. We're not supposed to be talking about it. In other cultures, take India, for example, China, many Asian cultures, but African cultures and many even uh, European cultures that are the closest cousin to the U.S. culture in many ways, the death experience isn't taboo. We talk about it. We plan for it. We celebrate it in many ways. Why is it so taboo in the U.S.? I think primarily because it's something to be overcome. In the U.S., as part of our culture, we have this idea that barriers or things that are given as facts can be overcome. It's the frontier mentality. There's a frontier, there are mountains, there are rivers, there's an ocean. We can overcome it. And when we overcome all of those physical barriers, we can then go to the moon. We can actually, if we're a billionaire, we can buy our way into immortality if we can 
freeze ourselves, that there are ways around this ultimate and final barrier. And I think only Americans really think of death in those terms. This idea of a barrier is always associated with something to be overcome. And so we have to find ways to overcome death. That term, the frontier mentality, clearly that takes us back a generation or so. Where does that come from and how, how do we continue it, the frontier mentality that we're holding on to? Well, I think this is fundamental to U.S. culture, and it reveals itself in so many different ways, not just in our perception of death as something to be overcome. And, and you know, when you think logically about that, of course, everybody will admit that that's impossible. But as a myth, it's fundamental to how we view death. The frontier mentality, the idea that a defining aspect, a problem, a barrier is something to be overcome as opposed to something that we have to learn to live with is, as I said, something that's implicit in almost everything that we do in U.S. culture. And I think it comes from the fact that when immigrants came to this country, they were leaving something behind and they were looking for a way to start over again. Mm -hmm. And this idea of starting over again, overcoming whatever it was that caused you to cross that ocean and get a new start is implicit and fundamental to American culture. Yes. And not all cultures have that experience. You know, just last month, there was a widely read article in the New York Times about a small town in Colorado with an outdoor funeral pyre. I'm not sure if you've been there, but I'm wondering if the existence of this place means our society can perhaps expand its perspectives on end of life? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think so. I think one of the remarkable features of American culture is that we are so flexible. We are constantly being challenged to understand other cultural traditions because we are a country of immigrants from everywhere else. So all of those traditions are always there for us to learn from. Whether we choose to or not, is something else. And many times we reject them. Many times we don't want to look at them. But many times, and ultimately, I think as U.S. Americans, we do embrace them. And I think this is an opportunity to think about maybe we should think about death in a little different way. Let's have a funeral pyre. Let's think about cremation. Let's think about the soul of our, of our loved ones moving on to another stage in their movement toward a, a final oneness with the universe. There are lots of different ways to look at it. And I think in the American experience, having these options is part of, of who we are. Well, I think it's really interesting because that was a very lengthy, detailed article. And I'm not sure it would have been in the New York Times 10 or certainly 15 years ago. I want to talk a little bit about our medical profession. I believe that our medical system feeds prolonging life no matter what. And we know that some religions talk about it. They talk about the importance of prolonging life. Do you see other cultures taking that approach or do they take the opposite approach? I think we have a combination here. There are other cultures that say, look, life is, is final and the idea is to have the best life possible and to have the best death possible. Mm -hmm. But because we don't like to think about death in the U.S., 
that's often an option that's not on the table. The whole idea, the emphasis in the medical system is to prolong life almost at any cost. And uh, of course, there's an economic reality for this. This is a business and people make money if you can prolong life at literally at any cost. Whether we're having a good death is the question that in the U.S. we don't ask. You're so right. It's interesting. In Judaism, we have prescribed rituals after death to guide and comfort survivors through grief and loss. And they are a compass for the families and those who are left behind. I know there are similar rituals in other cultures as well. So tell me, what have you observed from that perspective, the grieving process elsewhere, that would be valuable for us to know about and consider? Because there's pain involved in end of life, in death, Mm -hmm. I think Americans shy away from the healthy aspects of grieving and mourning. I think it's tough uh, for Americans to understand and to embrace the healing process that mourning and grieving really is, and the fundamental reasons for it. It's a way to get through the loss. Mm -hmm. Grieving processes, mourning processes prescribed in many religions, they're often overlooked, I think, in the U.S. as something that can help. I think Americans have a hard time getting through that process unless there are very prescribed religious rules that they choose to follow. In other cultures, that process culturally is, is very well defined. For example, um, Greek mourning, which is very prescribed. There are patterns and behaviors that you are supposed to embrace. The wife who loses her husband, the husband who loses his wife. There are rules about what can be done, when it can be done, and when I can move on to participating in social relationships again, when I cannot how I need to depend on the family or neighbors or friends, and to what degree. All of this is very well prescribed in many different cultures in many different ways, with the goal of helping the individual through the loss. Until we accept the fact that grieving and mourning is a step in a healthy process, we disallow ourselves the the right to move on. Grief is a road that we take. We have to learn how to navigate that road, but nonetheless, it is a road that we have to take. And as I'm listening to you, I'm really struck by the sense of community that you're describing, whether it be in Greece or when we think about our community here in New York, for instance, the Jewish community here. It's all about building community and it gives us a reason to have community. And I think that's also what death does. And and it seems you're saying that in various cultures as well. I I think the death confirms our membership in Mm. our community. I think that's a beautiful thing because we need to depend on the community in order to get through the process. There's a saying in Haiti that all Haitians are 100% Roman Catholic, but 80% voodoo. (laughs) Very much influenced, Catholicism is very much influenced by African traditions. For example, when somebody dies, you you take the casket and you parade it through the streets of the community for several hours because you're giving the soul, the idea is you're giving the soul time to make a transition. And the soul has to visit everyone in the community to say goodbye. And if you don't do this, the soul is constantly going to be in a state of disorientation. Mm -hmm. 
and will never be at peace in the other side. The community is confirming the death and the loss, and without that, the soul is never at rest. It's interesting in Judaism, you know, we try to bury as quickly as possible. And again, it has to do with the state of the soul. The soul is is not at rest, if you will, until that burial takes place and things begin. You have written a popular series of books addressing how expatriates and travelers can and must learn to honor and navigate customs and expectations in other countries and in other cultures. So I want you to bring that framework to the issues that we're talking about here. How can we do that? Because I think it shows great respect when we enter someone else's land. One of the fundamental lessons I've learned in in the work that I've done crossing cultures is that other cultural traditions are windows into solutions to problems that we have. If we stay open to them and are willing to understand them, then we might find new ways of seeing things, which might actually help solve our problems. Mm -hmm. U.S. Americans are uniquely positioned to take advantage of the gifts that, that other cultures can give us in terms of helping us solve our problems because we're a nation of other cultures. That's who we are. We have to make the choice politically and individually to value those other cultural traditions, to understand them. And we don't have to value all of them. I'm, I'm not a cultural relativist. I think a lot of things that a lot of cultures do shouldn't be valued. Mm-hmm. But I do think we have the opportunity to select and choose those things that might be very valuable to us in our efforts, in our own way, to solve our own problems. And I think it really gives us such a view of the world when we're really able to step in to other people's lands and and their views of the world. And, And I think that's really important to do, for sure. And it's certainly fascinating. It enriches our life. At the very minimum, it enriches our life. So true. So what are some of the top lessons that you've taken from your journeys? And certainly you've had a lot of journeys. So what can we benefit from? And I mean in any realm, not just what we've been discussing. I think one of the things that I've learned is that I don't have the answers. And my way is just my way. And it's been heavily influenced by my culture. I'm a U.S. American from New York. And we can slice and dice that even more. I'm a Jewish American from New York of a certain age, of a certain gender. So that is always my persona. That is part built on my DNA, and it was given to me at a very early age. I have to be authentic to that. So you always have to be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. And the more you learn about uh, someone else's culture doesn't mean that you have to be that way. But you have to be yourself with an openness to understanding the other so that just to be purely selfish about it, you might learn something that can help you. That's a concept, right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm sure along your travels, and it has happened for me, that I have altered my perspective on things because I've been exposed to another culture and how they do it. And for that, I'm really grateful. Absolutely. And, and, and I think the way you do that, at least for me, has been a lesson in humility. 
that I don't have the answers. I have my way. I'm open to new answers. And so when I enter another culture, I talk a whole lot less and I hope I listen more. Yes, it's always important to do. Well, Dean Foster, thank you so much. I'm so happy that we had this opportunity to talk about this experience, about really stepping out of our own comfort zone and thinking about what's going on around this big world, this cross-cultural perspective. I really think it's important, especially when it comes to death. It's a way for us to appreciate community in other communities and in our own as well. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Stephanie, great fun. Thank you. As the host of Exit Strategy, I thank you for tuning in to what I hope was an informative and illuminating conversation about this end-of-life issue. I urge you to visit our show notes, and there's an email listed there. So if you have any questions, send them my way. In the meantime, please share this episode with anyone you know who may be interested, and subscribe to Exit Strategy. Wherever you listen to your podcasts each month, we'll renew our conversation with another topic, and I'm really happy you're along for the ride. I'm Stephanie Gary, and this is Exit Strategy. Exit Strategy.